Hey y'all, it's Corvea, uh, pronounced Corvea, spelled C-O-R-V-A-Y-A. -A. Uh, some friends and family members who are mostly from the northeast part of the country pronounce my name Corvea because of accents, I think, which is fine as well. And some people in my life call me Ve, Vea for short, or CJ even. So feel free to pick up any one of those names or pronunciations. Um, I have a godfather that calls me, what does he call me, conveyor belt? I think that's him. I don't know. Somebody calls me conveyor belt. It's, it's kind of cute. Anyway, I wanted to record this podcast episode and I'm titling it, When Resilience is Not Something You're Born With. When Resilience is Not Something You're Born With. So this episode is going to be all about being resilient and resiliency. Um, and first, naturally, being a journalist and a wordsmith that I am, I want to start off with the clear definition of what resilience is. So according to Merriam-Webster, the definition of resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. The capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. There's a second definition that I really like as well because I love the word elasticity. The second definition of resilience is the ability of a substance or an object, meaning you essentially, to spring back into shape, to be elastic, to practice elasticity. You know how when you put a rubber band on your wrist and you pull it all the way back and you let it go and it snaps your wrist? That's elastic, that's elasticity, and that's essentially what resiliency is. It's being able to bounce back when you're stretched so thin and you're so low and you're so stressed, you're so heartbroken, you're able to bounce back and move forward and keep doing what you do. So I think there's a few things that we all need to know about resiliency um, that I want to kind of go through. First, I want to mention that some people listening to this are not resilient. Some people listening to this are resilient. But I can guarantee you that neither one of us were born with that. Um, resiliency is something that develops over time. So let me go more into that by listing out what we need to know about resiliency. So one, it's not something that we're born with. It's something that develops over time and involves our behaviors, our thoughts, and our actions. I'm no therapist. I'm putting that out there right now. I did not go to school for counseling, psychology, social work, none of that. That's my mom. Um, but I know that resiliency is something that develops over time, and it has to do with our behaviors, our thoughts, and our actions. And where do our behaviors come from? Where do our thoughts come from? Where do our actions come from? It comes from how we're raised, the environments we're in, the experiences that we've been through, which all play a part in how resilient we are. So know that you're not born with it, and if you're not resilient today, you can be resilient tomorrow. Um, so another thing that I think we need to know about resiliency is that everybody can have it, but the truth is, the sad truth is that everybody doesn't have it. So if you don't believe me when I say that, you know, that's a very bold statement to just, for Korea to be like, everybody's not resilient. It's very true though. Look around you. Look around you. Think about the people in your life and think about how they deal with stress, how they deal with crisis, how they deal with trauma. Even though we all experience negative things, negative life events, um, being heartbroken, losing things, losing people, we all respond to them differently. And the difference between somebody who's resilient and somebody who's not resilient is how they respond to those negative life situations. Some people grow stronger, shaking off what they dealt with and move on, and some lose themselves. Some get knocked down. Some become weak. Some, some fail. Some... Um, 
you know, the course of their lives has changed because they were not resilient enough to go through a situation. It's so uncomfortable to talk about this sometimes, but not being resilient has very, very, very strong consequences, which is why it's something that I'm trying to get better with every day and why it's something that I felt on my heart to talk about. So when you're not resilient, you can develop issues, real issues, psychological disorders, okay, that need real help (laughs) to fix something like... um, PTSD, for example, post-traumatic stress disorder. If you don't know post-traumatic stress disorder, please educate yourself on that because you may be walking around with that. And it's something that needs to be treated. Not necessarily with medication, but sure enough with a higher power and sure enough with some some positive support and um, some new thoughts. So not being resilient can cause someone to have PTSD. It can cause anxiety, general anxiety or specific anxiety. It can cause um, depression, major depressive disorder, major clinical depressing, uh, I'm sorry, major clinical depressive disorders, or just general depression. Um, And not being resilient can really kind of like grow substance abuse. It can grow you to depend on substances like pills, weed, drugs, um, and other vices that are not necessarily healthy for you. So not being resilient is something that has major, major consequences. So I feel good about talking about it today. Um, And if I get anything out of this, if I get anything out of this is that one person recognizes that they recognizes that they are not as resilient as they can be and they work toward becoming more resilient because once you're resilient man I swear you can get through anything you can do anything you can be whoever you want to be and I'm getting taste 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 of that over the years and um it's it's a beautiful thing I'm grateful um so I think <laughs> Naturally, anyone who's listening or has listened this far with six minutes in is thinking, okay, well, how can I be more resilient? I don't know if I'm resilient or not. How can I be more resilient? And and what do I do? Um, And that's what I'm here for. I'm going to kind of throw some things out there that is based off of not only information and education, but based off of experience. And so I think that the, the mixture of, you know, education, information, and experience is the perfect recipe and the perfect cocktail because I'm not speaking out of my butt you know I'm not speaking out of nowhere I'm speaking off of information education and experience um and so I'm gonna say that uh it's funny because it's funny because sometimes we can be so hard on ourselves and think that we're not qualified or educated enough or informed enough or experienced enough to speak on certain things. And I dealt with that for a long time. But, you know, I'm so happy that I'm finally realizing and recognizing that I'm sometimes overqualified. I'm sometimes overexperienced, overinformed. Um, and I can speak on, you know, things that are on my heart and things that I know about and things that I'm dealing with. Um, and, and I can speak my truth. So thank y'all for giving me um, an ear there. Um, so back to resiliency. True resiliency is, is, like I mentioned, being able to bounce back from ups and downs and being able to move forward with progress. So what now? How, how do I become more resilient, Corvea? You know, what do I do to be more resilient? Well, number one, we have to master our thoughts. I know a lot of motivational speakers, which is not what I'm trying to be, a lot of authors, which is what I'm trying to be, Um, but I just say that to say a lot of leaders talk about that. They talk about mastering your thoughts, but what they don't tell you is that part of mastering your thoughts is not just about optimism. It's not just about being optimistic. So when you're scrolling on Instagram, as an example, and you see all these 
optimistic quotes about it will get better today. It will happen today. Um, you know, I will make a million dollars by tomorrow. That's optimism, right? You're being optimistic about your outcome and your results. But let me tell you something. When life hits you, when you're going through a really tough time and you're at a really, really low point, optimism is not going to get you out of that situation. You know what's going to get you out of that situation? Mastering your thoughts. Mastery, not optimism, is a better predictor of resilience in the face of any any trauma, any hard points in your life. And you can take what I'm saying and Google it and search it. Science will tell you that your thoughts uh, and mastering your thoughts is going to do you better than being optimistic in any situation that is dark, uncomfortable, and unwanted. So I'm going to give you an example and open up a little bit. So I, a couple of years ago, I dealt with, I'm still dealing with, the death of a loved one. Um, we lost my godmother, Karen Ferguson, um, in December a couple of years ago. And that was 100% something that life threw at me that I, I, that had the potential basically to knock me down off my feet. And if I was not resilient... I don't know what would have happened. I don't know where I would be right now if I was not resilient because I had just lost somebody who I depended on, who I loved so much, who nurtured me, who babied me, who spoiled me, who I wasn't ready to lose, right? Now, the difference between mastering my thoughts during that time and being optimistic at that time comes down to this. When I was in the hospital with my godmother, Karen, whose liver was failing, whose kidneys were failing, right in front of my face, right in front of my eyes... I could either be optimistic and say, no, she's going to be in good health. No, everything's going to be fine. I'm optimistic that she's going to get better and get out of this hospital. I'm optimistic that she's going to get home. A lot of people did come into that hospital room optimistic about the outcome of that situation. But not me. That was not me being resilient. What I had to do was master my thoughts about every single thing relating to Karen. Every single thing relating to my godmother laying on that on her on her deathbed essentially. I had to master my thoughts around it, not just be optimistic. So mastering my thoughts looked like how can I find peace with Karen's death? Where, you know, where do I find the answers in terms of what happens to her after she dies, right? What does life look like when she's gone? How am I going to handle it? Um, I had to master those thoughts. I had to master the thoughts around, you know, can I live without her? How am I going to live without her? So I start to fantasize and start to believe and start to replay uh, memories and start to tell myself things to get me through her death. So I thought to myself, man, I really mastered my thoughts when I was able to look at my godmother in a casket, put some earrings on her that she had been asking me for for years before she died. My godmother asked me for a pair of gold studs for years before she died. I never sent them to her. I was able to put a pair of gold earrings in her, in her ears that were on her dead body. And I thought to myself, I really mastered my thoughts when I could do this. And feel like Karen is not even in this body. She's not even in this shell. My godmother was all around me. She was in the corners of the walls. She was in my bedroom. She was in my kitchen. She was with me when I was walking the streets of Jersey. She was with me when I was in Hoboken, when I was in Florida, when I was in Atlanta. My godmother was more than just a physical being. She was a spiritual being and continues to be a spiritual being. I 
say that with confidence. This, this is what I truly believe to this day. That's me mastering my thoughts in a way that her death did not completely knock me off my feet. Did it set me back? Yeah, it set all of us back. But it's not going to change the course of my life for the worse, right? Of course, I lost, I lost someone I love dearly, someone who I would consider a second mom, essentially my mom's best friend who helped my parents raise me, helped my parents protect me. Um, a death like that could drive me to drink heavily, do drugs, commit suicide. A death like that could, could, could make somebody do anything, you know? And I've met people who have turned to substances and did horrible things and, and found themselves in very, very dark places after they lose a loved one, right? And I'm thankful that almost two years later, I, I've seemed to rise above that and overcome that. Does it still hurt me? Yes. But I'm resilient enough to keep pushing, keep, keep moving forward and knowing that, okay, this is what Karen wants me to do. I'm going to be resilient. So that's an example of mastery versus optimism. Mastering my thoughts around everything that was happening versus just telling myself, okay, let's be optimistic. She's going to go home. She's going to be okay. No, the truth was that she was sick. Her organs were failing and it had nothing to do with the character and the person that she was. Her body failed. Her body, um, her body did not last. So what else? How else do you become more resilient? What else can you do? What, what's next? The second thing is knowing who you are and staying outside of the box. I'm going to give you another personal story, okay? So knowing who you are and staying out the box, that's, that's, that was hard for me for a little bit. But thankfully, I got to the point where it was possible, where I saw that that was, that was where I was at with it. And I'll show you how. And I, and I hate to just talk about myself, but I'm not interviewing nobody and nobody else is on this podcast with me. So I'm going to give you real life examples of what I went through. And please don't take it as I'm just boasting or speaking highly of myself. Please take it as this is a tool for me to help inspire other people, empower other people and help people grow. Okay. So when I was a little girl, I looked up to women like Angie Martinez on, on the radio, to Oprah on the television screen, um, to Maya Angelou, who was an author and a poet at the time. And something that all of these women had in common were that they used their voices to help entertain, inspire, and motivate people. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to use my voice to shed light on people's stories, to shed light on my own story, my, my own family story, and to entertain, inform, and educate people. Um, and so naturally, I got into radio. I got into spoken word poetry. I got into TV. I got into videos. Um, and now I'm still in, in the media industry. And uh, it was always my dream to be at a media giant or to work for a media giant like CNN, y'all. It was always a dream of mine. I just knew that one day I would make it in that building and I would work for them. If not CNN, some other major, 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 you know, network or media giant. Maybe ABC or I'm not even sure, but I knew that I wanted to run with the big dogs. I wanted to be hired by and respected by the big dogs, and CNN was one of them. So fast forward 27 years, I'm 27 years old, and I find myself interviewing for a job at CNN. Not just any old job at CNN, a good job at CNN. One that allows me to, um, you know, use and do what it is that I have been working on for 10 years prior to that. Um, this wasn't an entry-level job. It was a great freaking job and a really good move in my career, um, or so I thought. Well, 
all those years of me building those expectations of what CNN would be like and what it would be like to have my dream job and what it would be like to for for myself and my family to finally finally make it in that building, I realized that wow, it was not what I thought it would be, y'all. And I was heartbroken. I was shocked. I was sad. I was miserable. And to be miserable at a place where you had have always wanted to be is not even cool. <laughs> not a good feeling at all, which I wish I, w- I, I know that you can imagine. But because I knew who I was and because I stayed outside of the box, I was able to get through that time, that hard time. I was able to leave CNN gracefully with my relationships intact. I was able to get a new job, a great job that is also a great move for my career. I was able to uh, be happy enough to where I was creative again and I used my time outside of work again to really focus and grow myself. So I started a business and I'm successfully running that business with a nine to five right now. There's no, no way that I would have been able to do that miserable, sad and unhappy at my job. That's resilience, right? The fact that I was able to step into a situation that was not ideal, that was uncomfortable, unwanted, and um, not making me happy, although it was a great opportunity and I'm, and I'm forever grateful for the opportunity to be able to leave that situation and not be knocked down to my knees and knocked down to my feet and never be able to continue to go on is resiliency. I was able to reflect make some decisions, be confident in my decisions, get some help that I needed, um, and move on. Step into a new role, be optimistic about this new role, master my thoughts around this new role, um, and, and continue doing me. So when, it, when I think about CNN, I don't think that it was a loss. I don't think I took an L there. I think that it was a part of my journey. It was a part of my story, and now I'm on to the next. So knowing who you are and staying outside of the box is so important to being resilient. No matter who's listening to this, you could be a bum. You could be somebody who does nothing for yourself and depends on everybody to do something for you, right? You could be a complete bum. You have to believe that you are multidimensional. Every single one of us is multidimensional and we have the same opportunities to be resilient as anybody on this earth. So what I mean by that is, if I kept myself in a box and I introduced myself as I'm Corvea from CNN. CNN makes me who I am. I'm popping because I work at CNN. I'm smart because I work at CNN. I'm successful because I work at CNN. When CNN didn't work out, I would have been crushed. I would have lost myself because I define myself based on that one job, that one gig, that one company. But when I stay outside of the box, when I make sure that I know, okay, Corvea is a career woman, Corvea is somebody that works at this company, but Corvea is also a sister. Corvea is also a creative thinker. Corvea is also um, a good character. Corvea is also a daughter. Corvea is also um, the owner of this business. I have myself in many different boxes. And so when one of those boxes falls to pieces or one of those boxes closes or one of those boxes gets soggy and deteriorates, I don't lose myself. So everybody listening to this, you could be a nobody, you could be somebody. You have to believe that you are multidimensional and you can be defined in so many different ways. I'll give you an example from a book that I read. I can't even remember the book that I read. Um, if I think about it, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys know if you ask me directly. Um, but I remember reading this book about a man who 
basically experienced a major career setback. So he had a career for 30 something years and he lost his job. Now that's something that, that, that would knock any man down to his knees, especially a man with a family, right? Well, this particular man, he had a very complex vision of himself. He didn't see himself as just that career person. He saw himself as an involved father. He was a very good father to his kids. He was a very good spouse to his wife. Um, he was a good brother. He volunteered in his community. He was an activist. He played sports. He was an aspiring screenwriter, meaning that, you know, he had bigger dreams for himself that he was working toward little by little every day. And this man even played pickup basketball, y'all. This man played with a group of men in their 30s, um, basketball every Thursday just for fun. And that was something that he was involved in. So when that man lost his job, he was not taken down to his lowest point because he had all these other areas of his life where he had to continue to be strong for. He had to continue being a father. He had to continue being that sportsman that played pickup basketball with his boys that waited for him every Thursday. He had to continue being that com community activist. He had to continue being that brother and that husband to his wife. So when he lost his job and maybe didn't, you know, make his boss happy or he was laid off for whatever reason, he was resilient because he knew that he had other things in his life going on that defined him. And it's so dangerous when you pick something to define you. For example, I know, um, you know, there have been times where I've experienced other people doing this or I've done this myself where I define myself based off of a relationship. Like I am nobody without this person. Right. So now when that person leaves you or that person hurts you or that person becomes imperfect and not what you expected, now you're not resilient. You're knocked down to your feet and you can't move on and you can't get past that for nine months, 10 months, 10 years because you were not resilient enough to understand or wise and mindful, I should say, mindful enough to understand that you are multidimensional, multifaceted. And because of that, you have to keep going and you can keep going. And it's worth, it's worth, the progress is worth it because you have other areas in your life where you have to show up for. So as far as solutions, right, and ways to be more resilient and next steps and, and what to do, number one, master your thoughts over being optimistic. And two, know who you are and stay outside of the box. Don't let one thing define you. So I'm going to go to a third one. And I know I'm moving fast, but try to keep up. So the third one in terms of um, just another tip in terms of being more resilient and building that resiliency is strengthen yourself. Strengthen yourself. Like put in that work to make yourself stronger. Nobody's going to do that for you. I'm not sure where everybody is who's listening spiritually. Um... I can speak a little bit on where I'm at. I believe in a higher power, right? And there are a lot of things on a daily basis that I relinquish to my higher power. I say, look, I want you to handle this. I'm not dealing with it. I don't want no control over this because we can't have control over everything, right? So I say, you know what? You deal with this. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to take care of what I can take care of. I'm going to take care of what I can control and you take care of everything else. Well, to get to that point, I had to do some work. I had to get myself to a level of strength where I could let go of the things that I could not control. That took a lot of practice, man. It took a lot of reading. It took a lot of conversations with people. It took some therapy. It took, um, you know, some fasting even. So, you know, me kind of like separating myself from certain things. But I knew I had to be stronger because life will continue to happen. Life will continue to happen. You cannot escape life. You cannot say, 
I'm going to stay in my room for three days and, and hope that life stops for a sec. Like life continues to happen and life may not always get easier, but we have to build resiliency to get stronger so that we can deal with what life throws at us, right? So in terms of strengthening yourself, it's so many ways that you can do that, right? Um, let me throw this out there. People spend lots of money to make the outside look good, but all the time and money spent is rarely ever spent on the inside. So ways that you can become stronger and build your strength in order to be more resilient is you could spend a, a, a time period focusing on the inside. All the money you would spend on the outside, spend it on the inside. For example, you, let's, say you, uh, let's say you buy a new outfit. And you realize, okay, I spent I spent twenty dollars on this outfit. I spent sixty dollars on this outfit. Take fourteen dollars of that money. Say, screw the outfit. I'm gonna take fourteen dollars. I'm gonna buy a book on Amazon and I'm gonna actually read it. The rest of the money, I'm gonna just put it away. I'm not even gonna spend it. So you're replacing a new outfit with a new book and you're going to read it. Okay. Another thing you can do is. You can replace a new weave or a new hairdo or new jewelry or whatever it is that you spend money on with an hour at a therapist. Let me be real with you for a second. I go to therapy. It's something that's in my monthly routine and something that I love. I don't go to oh, go to therapy to always look for answers and find myself. Sometimes I just go to therapy to have a sounding board, to talk somebody through what my emotions have been like or to to be informed and educated about things that I don't know. Knowledge is power, right? Um, I personally love my therapist because she's one that talks back to me. Um, so that's great. But I spend $60 an hour with my therapist. I see my therapist two times a month. If it's a good session and we get done what we need to get done in time and I'm not going crazy, it's a one-hour session with her two times a month. That's $120 a month. Let me be honest with you. Again, I spend more than $120 a month every month on my hair and my nails, y'all, period. I spend more money on my hair and my nails than I do on a therapy session with the expert, with the, with the therapist at a counseling session, right? And what I'm going to tell you is that if you just take the money that you would use for outside things and put it into inside things, you're going to build your strength. You're going to strengthen yourself. You're going to appreciate the results of that more than looking pretty for another seven days or another 14 days. Um, I'm thankful that I'm, I'm at a place where I can do both, right? I can afford my therapist and I also can afford my hair and my nails to be done. But there was some time, some points in my life where I couldn't do nothing but be ugly and work on myself. And I am so thankful for my brother. I have an older brother named Taekwon Figueroa um, who's in the military. And, you know, he, he was he was the man. He was the older brother. He was big bro. He's still big bro. And I'm so grateful that even though he has a really kind of like abrupt approach and a, and a, a strict approach, he always planted a seed in me that said, yo, you have to fall back off of everything and you got to work on yourself. Get better. Disappear for a little bit. Wear sweatpants. Don't worry about your nails. Don't worry about people. Sit back, be ugly, and do what you got to do for yourself. Because when you come out of that, the come up is real. Um, and so I'm so grateful for that knowledge that he put into my head because it applies here. If you want to strengthen yourself so that you could be more resilient, so you can get through whatever life throws at you, 
Take a second away from everything that you're spending money on on the outside and focus on spending money on the inside. That's buying a book. That's looking for a therapist. Um, therapy is not for everybody. There's some people who um, might have questions about therapy after listening to me. Feel free to ask me um, or reach out to me directly. Um, but I will say that if you do try therapy for the first time and you're looking to be stronger and strengthen kind of like your inner self and improve and progress and, and grow, you're looking for cognitive behavioral therapy, which usually focuses on thoughts and emotions. You're looking to get a therapist to help you master your thoughts and change your thoughts and relearn and unlearn things. So just throwing that out there. Um, I'm not a therapist. I'm not the expert. Like I said, that's my mother. Um, but <laughs> but um, wanted to give you that gem. Um, the last thing I'm going to say that you can do to kind of strengthen yourself is replace a dinner, right? Replace a dinner that you're having with friends or a boo and spend an hour with a group of people who are doing exactly what you're doing, right? You're working on growing yourself. You're working on becoming more resilient so that you're not weak and messed up every time somebody breaks up with you, or every time you lose a job, or every time something doesn't go your way, you're not all messed up. You don't lose your mind, right? If you're working on that, find other people who are working on that too. And instead of going out to dinner with Bay, instead of going out to dinner with a friend, to celebrate somebody's birthday, spend time with five people, six people who are doing exactly what you're doing. Your friends are going to forgive you. Your boyfriend's going to forgive you. Your girlfriend's going to forgive you for not showing up when, you know, they wanted to just hang out and have a couple drinks or try new sushi. Go out and spend some time with people who are doing exactly what it is that you're doing. So, for example, that might mean going to meetupgroup.com or meetup.com and finding a meetup group in your city of people who are focusing on self-improvement. That might, be, might mean going to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting if you realize you have a problem with alcohol. Maybe you haven't identified as, as an addict, but what is it going to hurt, right? So go to a, to a meeting where there's a group of people who used to drink too much and don't want to drink no more and talk about how they've overcome that. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Go sit down with people who um, are on your same wavelength for once. Go sit down with people who are who match your 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 drive and motivation to be a better person for once. We don't do that enough. We don't spend time with people who challenge us or who are trying to improve themselves as much as we spend time with people who make us feel better about ourselves. Not knowing that when you spend time with people who are on the same wavelength as you, who try, who uh, I'm sorry, challenge you, or who are sometimes better than you, they they can make you feel good about yourself too. You just have to give them a chance. Give it a chance. Um. So so that's my spiel about basically spending money on the inside versus the outside. If you just practice some of those things, I'm not saying you need to or that you're not popping. If you don't, just suggestions. When you spend money on the inside things. More than you do on the outside things, you'll see yourself become stronger and grow stronger and become more resilient. Um, there's so many other ways that you could come more, become more resilient. You know, I just wanted to throw out three things that I know you can practice right now and do today and tomorrow. Um, but just to to throw some more things out there, some some things that take a little bit more work. You know, some things that you know you're gonna have to sit down and do for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and really, really challenge yourself to be disciplined, to grow and be resilient and be strong. Um, it's, it's about building yourself up spiritually. That's one. Building yourself up spiritually. 
that's something that you 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 can start to do tomorrow but that's something you have to continue for 30 60 90 days a year two years before you see real results right so build yourself up spiritually whatever that looks like for you for me right now it's, it's constant meditation I'm focusing on my heart right now. So focusing on forgiveness and focusing on love right now. I have problems in those areas. Um, but for me, building myself up spiritually also means reading a new book. All about emotional intelligence. I'm not finished yet. I'm in like the first the first part of that book. Um, and also seeing a therapist. That's how I build myself up spiritually. Outside of that or in between those things, I get on my knees every morning and I pray. I'm praying to my higher power. I'm saying, you know what? Self-sabotage does not exist. I would not get in my own way because I don't control everything. I'm only focusing on what I can control today. So that's what building myself up spiritually does for me. And that's what can make you more resilient. But like I said, unlike spending money and mastering your, mastering your thoughts in a week or, um, you know, staying outside the box and defining yourself in other ways, those things you can do in seven days, right? Those things you could do in 10 days and just continue practicing. But something like... Building yourself up spiritually, that's going to take some work. Something else that's going to take some work but would definitely make you more resilient is disregarding the physical for a while. Spend a lot of time not worrying about the physical. You know what I mean? Like when I said buy a uh, I'm sorry, buy a book instead of buy an outfit. That's that's one day. That's one action. But do that for a long period of time and see where that gets you. I guarantee you, you'll become more resilient. Um, another thing that might take, you know, some work, but will definitely get you to be more resilient because we're not born with resiliency is to work on your will, your strength and your stamina. You know what I mean? So so that you can do whatever life go, whatever life throws at you. The real test is that whatever comes up in life in the next 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, when you're building yourself up and disregarding the physical and working on your will and your strength, the real test is going to be what do you do and how do you react when when something crazy happens in your life? Are you going to say, you know what, F all this work I'm trying to do, I'm going to go shopping for some retail therapy. Are you going to say, you know what, F it, I'm going to go to the club and I'm going to spit a bottle of honey with my friend and spend all this money and drink and get drunk and just pray about it the next day. Are you going to say, oh, you know what, I know that this girl is my weakness. I know that she's toxic for me, but life just is crazy for me right now. And I need her attention. I need her love. I need her sex to make me feel better. Vice versa for women as well. Um, the real test is going to be, what do you turn to and what do you do when life basically targets your weaknesses? When life makes you weak? So, for example, when my godmother passed away, you know, that was life targeting my weakness. That was life making me feel alone, which is a weakness of mine. I could have took many different routes, but like, uh, who said this? T.D. Jake said this. T.D. Jake said, even Superman had a kryptonite, right? So I have weaknesses, you have weaknesses, and life will target them. But at the end of the day, kryptonite is just a kryptonite. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, to get to a, oh, I got a little emotional for a second. So, <laughs> ah, to get to a point where no matter what happens, whatever life throws at you, that you're resilient enough to deal with it, that's the goal. That's the end goal, right? So let's, let's get to a point where no matter what happens on the outside, you can deal with it because you're stronger than inside. I'm going to repeat that. Get to a point where no matter what happens on the outside, you can deal with it because you're strong on the inside. 
So that's taking everything, everything that I mentioned the last 30 minutes and using it and putting it into play and putting it into practice and, and taking your next step forward with those things in mind. Get to a point where no matter what happens on the outside, you can deal with it because you're strong on the inside. And I guarantee you anything is possible with that mindset and with that resiliency. I'm not going to say it's easy. If it was easy, I wouldn't be talking about it because you would already know it. <laughs> Your tenacity is going to be tested. Your will is going to be tested. Your spirit is going to be tested. Your character is going to be tested. You're going to have a little, an, a little angel and a little devil on your shoulders every day saying, what? You're not spending money? Man, you're sad today. Go do this. Or man, this happened. Go do that. You're going to have a little these little voices telling you to do things that, that you know basically you shouldn't be doing, right? But let me assure you that, and let me free you, let me free you by saying that the results, the results can be there for anybody. The results can be there um, in, in three weeks, in three months, in three years. The results come and they come. The best part about it is that the results are not just this big party that you've been waiting for for four years, right? The results come in little pieces every day. You start to see results at, at, why do you think people love going to the gym sometimes? And people love bodybuilding because they start to see results. They may not be, uh, you know, 10 pounds down um, within one month of working out, but they're one pound down in two days of working out. You know what I mean? So there are little points where you, you're going to see results that I, I, I hope that those results kind of like encourage you and keep you moving toward becoming more resilient. Because at the end of the day, what I believe that a lot of motivational speakers, what a lot of leaders, a lot of authors don't say and no shade to those people because um, they help me a lot as well. But what I'm going to tell you is, is raw and is real. You don't have to do this all your life. You don't have to focus on being more resilient all your life. Do the work now, and I promise you, the work that you do now at 25, 35, 40, 17, I don't know who's listening, but the work that you do now to be more resilient, it's going to come back naturally. Everything that you learn through the process is going to come back naturally when you're 60 years old and you're trying to figure out, oh, how I'm going to do this, I lost this and I lost that. It's going to come back naturally. I say that because I've seen that happen. My father, for example, my father is 49 years old has been through some things but because of the resiliency that he ha has built over time and in his younger years he's able to overcome some things not to say he's perfect everybody goes through their stuff just like my mother my mother has become resilient to the point where even if even if life throws her a curveball right now she might be able to deal with something at 49 that she already put in the work to, to go through and to deal with when she was 26 years old, 27 years old, when she was a single mom with three kids. So if you do some work right now, relieve yourself about having to do this for the rest of your life. Um, what you're doing when you're building resiliency is you're teaching yourself how to build yourself to be strong enough for the storms. And I'm, I'm telling you this as a fact, storms do not come. Uh, I'm sorry, storms do not not come. They don't the storms come and, and the storms are going to continue coming. That's just what I've learned and recognized is just a way of life. And the storms continue to come. But you can either figure out what's beautiful about the storm, enjoy the storm, sit in the storm, learn from the storm, or just be running around like a monkey without your head caught off through the storm and just hoping for the best, right? And what you're also doing by building resiliency is you're building yourself up on the inside 
so that life can become more manageable for you. And when life is more manageable for us or we're better able to manage our lives in a way that we're not stressed all the time or depressed all the time or insecure all the time or doubtful all the time or fearful all the time because those are a lot of our problems, man. We're scared. We're doubtful. We don't believe in ourselves. We're depressed. We're sick. We're There's so many things wrong with us, but there's so many things good about us too. So when you build yourself on the inside and life becomes more manageable, just imagine who you could be when you're not depressed, who you could be when you get stressed less often, who you could be when you have less fear, who you can be when you stop doubting yourself. I think that the possibility is endless and and I, that's why I don't give up because I know sometimes when I wake up and I'm not my best character, I'm not my best self, I still have this little bit of hope that as long as I continue building myself up on the inside, the possibilities are endless. I can't tell you where I'm going to be in the next 10 years. I can't tell you where I'm going to be in the next five years. And I'm not going to tell you because anything that comes out of my mouth about where I want to be in the next five years or 10 years is going to be limiting myself because the possibilities, as long as I'm resilient and as long as I can go through what life throws my way, it, it is endless. The sky is not the limit. It's just a view. Um, so that's it, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to me. Again, my name is Corvea, and the title of this podcast episode was When Resilience is Not Something You're Born With. Feel free to uh, reach out to me directly if you have questions or want to continue the conversation. You can follow me on Twitter at Corvea Jeffries. On Instagram at Corvea. Um, I have a LinkedIn profile as well. And I have a very simple email for y'all to uh, remember. It's Corvea at gmail.com. So, whatever platform you feel is easiest for you to reach out to me, if that's what you want to do, please feel free to do it. And I'll talk to y'all soon.